Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chicago Justice Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I am Tracy Siska, your host and also the executive director of the Chicago Justice Project. You can find out more about our work at chicagojustice.org. If you want to get involved in our cutting-edge research, crowdsource research projects, social media activism, all kinds of things, cjpnation.org, and you can find out all about it. Contact information, you can drop an uh, entry in a form and we'll get back to you, get you involved. So today we're going to talk our main segment, we're going to get right to it. An op-ed in the Chicago Tribune. Um, authored by House Republican leader Jim Durkin, a state Senator John Curran, who are both former Cook County State's attorneys. That should be a warning right off the bat. Are all ex Cook County State's attorneys bad? No. Has the office been mired in controversy and disgusting actions and covering up and part covering up torture at the very least, covering up brutality, covering up murder, as in the Kochman case and the daily corruption? Dick Devine going around the Mexico County State's Attorney Dick Devine, and that will become relevant later on in this little segment, going around when the first of Bird, John Burge's victims, if you don't know who he is, go look him up, when the first of his victims won a evidentiary hearing where the officers were going to have to testify publicly about whether or not they tortured someone, and I, I don't remember who exactly that was, but Dick Devine from my sources, went around, drove around to the various Illinois Department of Corrections institutions that hold death row inmates and started making deals with them, the ones that were potentially Burge victims, that if they would drop their torture claim, he'd get them off of death row. Now, that is really important. That's not the state's attorney's gig. His job is to pursue justice, not to preserve convictions and cover up for the police. But this is the type of institution the state's attorney's office has been forever. And one could argue, even though we are suing Kim Fox about FOIA violations, that Kim Fox is trying to change. And people don't like it. Now, don't be... <laughs> like these right white wingers, I call them white wingers. White wingers are these law enforcement, justice, gets back to the good old days people are. And don't think that they have any evidence to suggest that bail reform or bond reform, however you phrase it, is driving the violence in Chicago in 2020 and 2021. The cops, the white wingers, they could be separate, could be the same, could be separate. They've been complaining about judges and prosecutors and everything forever. This is nothing new. Almost always lacking proof of systemic issues. Not about corruption necessarily, but just about how, it, God forbid, one of them question a police officer. Then forget about it. Forget about it. That's 
no holds barred. So let's get to the content of this, okay? Of course, the trip published it. That's a whole nother story. Let's go. The leading criminal justice reform Democrats in Springfield are now trying to characterize their attempts to defund police, not as the cause of our current problems, but as a solution to the mess they created. What mess, ladies and gentlemen? Jim Durkin and State Senator John Curran have absolutely no evidence. They are lying or trying to draw a connection between bond reform, bail reform, and the crime and violence, which they have no evidence of. None. It is entirely improper, dishonest. Dishonesty from a Republican, actually any state official, let alone a Republican. Their responsibility. Crime and violence, carjacking, shootings, homicides are up in every major metropolitan city, almost every metropolitan city around the country. The smaller the metropolitan area, uh, percentage-wise, the higher the increase is. We've talked about it on the show before. Chicago is not alone. These idiots here want you to think what's going on here is completely detached from what's going on around the country and completely detached from the worldwide pandemic we are still in. That's what they want. Because this, these are hacks trying to score political points by lying to the public. That's what this is. These are two white hacks lying to suburban white voters. Because that's who the, reads the Tribune. No one in the city reads the Pete Tribune. Right? Very few. The Tribune's audience is in the burbs. The whiter, the better. It continues. So remember, they're trying to draw this connection between bond reform, bail reform, and all democratic policies just in this state in, and in this city, and that's the cause of violence and crime. You idiots were in charge in the 90s when crime and violence was so high, so it was all your fault. 80s was the crack war. It was all Ronald Reagan and George Bush's fault, right? Oh, no, 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 we don't talk about that. You don't have any evidence. I have the same correlation you do, schmucks. The article continues. Even with Democrats' misguided approach to crime, there is one thing we can agree on. We need to start treating violence like we treat COVID-19 pandemic. Instead of throwing more money and resources at the problem, the better approach is to quarantine and isolate to flatten the curve of violence. Wrong. Zero, zero, ladies and gentlemen, evidence that longer-term incarceration solves any problem related to violence. Zero. They don't want to tell you that. They don't know. They don't care. They Because they're white-wingers, they know. Facts are not required. When you want to understand why things like January 6th happen, this cult of personality like Trump. It's people like these two who are publishing an op-ed in the Tribune that supposedly know everything. You were in the prosecutor's office for how long? Both of you, because they're both ex-state's attorneys, right? Crime jumped in 12 when you guys were in there. One guy was in there. Crime was up in the 90s when the other one was in there. We'll get to when they were later in this piece. What are you talking about? No, but they don't have a responsibility for anything. 
So you don't want to throw more resources at the problem. Remember that. No more resources. For sure, no more resources. The statistics and the data tell the story. Chicago's already over 600 murders for the year. Carjackings are happening everywhere and are up more than 40% from 2020, which was the worst year on record since 2001. At least 47 individuals in Chicago are now accused of killing, trying to kill, or shooting someone while back out on the streets awaiting trial. Hello. Okay, first of all, key words. Got to watch the language because these people always talk in code. You're not going to get overt racism. They're not going to say, I hate black and brown people. It's not what they're going to do. They're going to talk in code. Code that white, rural, and suburban people get. And the white north side of Chicago gets. Carjackings are happening everywhere. Oh. So if they were just happening on black and brown areas, you'd be cool with it. It's the fact that they've spread to Whiteville is the problem. Is that what you're telling me? They're fine. They're happening downtown, but the north side, never. No, the loop, no, we can't allow that. We can allow them to happen in the black and brown areas all they want. We don't care. It's just the fact that they're happening everywhere. That is overtly, overtly racist. Incredibly racist. You'll see it in the media coverage. You'll see it in response. People aren't pissed that the violence is up. They're pissed that the violence is up and happening all over the city. That is the problem. Now, here again... Whiteville, right, white wing, 47 people have been out on bail and um, arrested again on another charge around shootings or homicides. Okay, well, there's going to be something like 3,000 plus shootings this year. Um, like, I don't want any shootings to happen, but I'm not sure 47 percent. 47, not 47%, 47 out of 3,000 or 2,500 or 3,000 or 4,000, whatever the number is going to be in the end. I don't think that really represents um, a significant driver. Let's see. If it's 3,000, that's like 1.5%, a little over 1.5%. Let's say 2%. Two. It's not 2, but let's give it 2. 2%. 2%. Is that a lot? Is that driving things? I don't want any shootings. But for the small government people, this is where their rank hypocrisy of the Republicans and white-wingers lies around criminal justice. They hate government. They don't believe in it. They don't believe it can do anything good. It should be shrunk as much as possible. But when the police department accuses you of a crime... A mostly white cop accuses you of a crime, black and brown person. You have to sit in jail and just wait to whenever the gears of justice in our great government grind so you cannot have your trial. That doesn't sound very conservative to me. We were founded on a principle, ladies and gentlemen, of innocent to proven guilty. Just because a cop says you did something does not mean you have done it. But these white-wingers who are very anti-government are very for government when it's white people throwing black and brown people in jail and saying they've done something. They haven't been convicted of a crime. Just a white government official saying you did something, you get to lose your freedom. 
until the great gears of our criminal justice system run by our magnificent government grinds forward and gets to a point where it can have your case. You deserve to sit in jail during that time. Yep, that's pretty rank hypocrisy. I mean, it's rank hypocrisy to the max. They're worried about some bureaucrat and their ideological thinking. Some bureaucrat taking some of their money. But the bureaucrat with a gun and a license to kill with very little education and horrific training makes an accusation you did something and you must sit in jail till the end. Till whenever, two, three, five years down the road, you get a trial. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable hypocrisy. Now, that's the line of thinking of a lot of Republicans. You, it's not far from that broken way of looking at the world to January 6th. It just isn't. I really wish I could say, oh, there's a massive difference between that kind of rank hypocrisy in thinking and January 6th. There really isn't. January 6th are people in private planes, many of them, flying on, or some of them, I should say, flying on private jets to get to the Capitol to storm it. And now they're complaining, the defendants, they went out on bail. You trying to pull a coup, probably the most serious crime in American history. The most serious one against the state that could possibly be, and you want bail. But yet... Someone who has one person say they did something must sit in, excuse me, must sit in jail three, four, five, six years. The 47 number actually makes the case for bail reform. And remember, people, bail, 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 was just the function of bail is to create a system, an incentive system, where you give the government money and they hold it until you show up for court. And what the research has shown, it's like 85% of the people show up for court regardless of whether or not they have paid bail or not. And on the rare chance that someone's an obvious imminent threat, then you deny them no bail. But of the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people being released, 40, they got 47. They got a whole 47 that have reoffended. To me, that number is remarkably, surprisingly low. And this is how devoid of real analysis their political hack white wing argument is, right? Kim Fox broadcast the numbers. They did that webinar that everyone threw up a fit about, but no one could contradict the numbers because it was based on data. If it's literally just 47, it's unbelievably low. And that is not what is driving the violence since the pandemic hit. Reminder, ladies and gentlemen, bail reform went into effect in late 2016 in Cook County. So if bail reform sucks so much, why did it wait till the pandemic hit to be the main driver of crime and violence in Chicago and Cook County? Someone answer that. And why did it wait till the same time that violence is up in every metropolitan area across the city in the same way? Carjackings, gun violence, homicides way up since the pandemic started. But you know what it is? It's that program called bail reform that we put in four years ago, almost four years ago, three and a half years ago, before the pandemic. It's their fault. It's the liberal fault. It's left fault. You got to be out of your goddamn mind. It's mind-bogglingly stupid. Besides, on this channel, Loyola has presented two different reports, 
two different independent analyses, two different data that didn't rely getting it straight from the agencies in Cook County. One, I think they got data from the administrative courts of the Illinois courts, here, the administrative office of the Illinois courts here in Illinois. And the other one, I think they got from Cooney, uh, City University of New York. It was, uh, it was at a university in New York that they got that data from. And neither one proved that bond reform had a big impact. Sorry, it's just not there. But it's another culture war, white wing, political trope. Right? Where, because what it's really they're pissed off about and furious about is the violence is moving into white areas in Chicago. Listen, I don't want the violence anywhere. Let's look for a plan to end the violence everywhere. The reality is these people here don't care about the violence in black and brown communities. They only care if it's Whiteville. That's the problem. So it continues. History tells us you cannot demand or force investment in communities and expect anything will change or that crime will go down. In fact, we are now seeing a reduced investment all across Chicago because of the lack of policies towards accused suspects that the Democrats have put in place. Right now, crime in Cook County pays and the street gangs are winning. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Crime is down around the entire country, except for Cook County or except for where they put bail reform in. That's another lie. See, this is white wing. White wing doesn't want investment in black and brown communities. He just doesn't come out. They just don't want to come out and say, we hate black and brown people. We hate the poor. That's what they're saying here. They're just not saying it. They're, it's in code. So the great driver of all the crime and violence around America is poverty. That's the number one driver. Poverty. Poverty. Especially, I should say, street urban violence. It is poverty. And then there's things that flow from that. Segregation, racism, drug addiction, all of those things. But most of those things are extensively enhanced by poverty. So these idiots here want you to think that history tells us you cannot demand or force investment in communities. The government can invest. The government can incentivize investment in these communities. They're lying. They don't, they don't want any money going to these people. They hate black and brown people. This is white wingville. We all know it. Everyone knows it. Poverty is the main issue. They have no desire to change that. They like poor people. They like having poor people so they can own businesses and pay them nothing. Keep them in poverty and reap in the billions. It's a Trump way of doing things. These people don't care. These people want black and brown people to behave. And then once they do that and calm down and there's no more violence, maybe then they'll think about possibly thinking about investing. No, that ain't going to work. It isn't going to work. You have to reduce the poverty first. Period. You can't force or demand. Yes, we can. Chicago has a billion dollar TIF fund. That goes to mostly, almost entirely rich white people who don't need the money. Who are using it and taking it and pocketing and making millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars off of the city and its workers. The city, Lori Lightcoot, in a blink of an eye, signed some paperwork and reinvest that money in the south and west side and incentivize investment over there. They don't care. Mayor Lightfoot doesn't care. She's taken one or two more meager steps than Rahm Emanuel or Richard Daly ever have. That's it. They don't care. The administration in Chicago is not that much different than 
Durkin and Curran. In reality, Lightfoot, this oh, I was funding. We're doing starting universal basic income. Five thousand families get five hundred dollars a month. Congratulations! I added that up. Five hundred a month times twelve months is six thousand dollars. Five thousand times six thousand thirty million dollars. Holy cow! Thirty million bucks. They got a million dollars in tax increment financing money. The city pays out to rich white people. Look around at those cranes when you drive around Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. You won't see them on the south and west side. That's to gentrify in that area. You'll have to go in the south loop, west loop. Fulton Market area, Loop area, Michigan Avenue area, you'll see the cranes. You'll see a lot of them. A lot of those cranes are paid for by city taxpayer dollars. Why are we giving multi-multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires money to fund their projects? It's crony capitalism and the government is right in the middle. And Lightfoot has basically done nothing to change that. It continues. We need to get back to the basics of our criminal justice system. And that is to demand accountability and protect our residents. We need suspects currently terrorizing our streets to be isolated from the rest of society and quarantined in the Cook County Jail. Simply put, we need to reinstate law and order. Yes, we need to reinstate the law and order that Durkin is the... I couldn't find easily this morning when he was in the state's attorney's office. He was in the attorney general's office, in the state's attorney's office. They don't put on his website, they don't put any dates. So he was in both of those offices for some period of time between 86 and 1996. That was under Richard Daly and Richard Devine and I think Blackjack O'Malley for some period of time. There may have been a year or two of Devine in there. That was the absolute rat hole, rat hole office of absolute unbelievable corruption. Those are the years of John Burge flourishing towards the end and him getting fired eventually. That had nothing to do with the prosecutor's office. And dozens and dozens and dozens of prosecutors aiding and abetting the torture. That has all come out now, right? Curran, he was there 19 years. Once again, can't find specific dates, but the best I could do is from 1988-ish to 2007. So he got Richard Daly, if those are the years, Blackjack McDowell for one term, Dick Devine, and Anita Alvarez. Have you met four less credible prosecutors in the history of the world? I should say, I don't think O'Malley was good. I don't remember the scandals he was involved in. So let's just took Richie Daly and what he did with Burge. Dick Devine, what he did with Burge. And covering up for Daly. And Anita Alvarez, covering up for Daly, covering up the Laquan McDonald murder and the prosecution of Jason Van Dyke. And the uh, Daly murder was Koshman. Neither of those cases, Koshman or Van Dyke, did she really want to prosecute. She had to be forced into it. That office was so mind-bogglingly corrupt, corrupt, and just a total tool of the police department. Which also, if you're in Chicago and you watch this show, you don't need a history lesson from me about how incredibly inept and corrupt and brutal the police department has been. If there's ever more of an agency that's incompetent and broken and corrupt and corrupt through and through, it's the police department. And next to it is the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. These guys want to go back to the days when Daly and Devine... We're running, and he never is running the state's attorney's office and racking up, 
wrongful convictions, racking them up, putting people on the death row. The reason we don't have a death penalty, ladies and gentlemen, in Illinois is because of the actions of Richard Daly and the prosecutors underneath him, because of the actions of Dick Devine and the prosecutors underneath him. That is why. Why? Because they kept racking up wrongful convictions. They were a tool of the machine. They were the machine. They didn't care. They would prosecute anyone for anything as long as it benefited them, and they would cover up for anyone as long as it benefited them. There was total transactional activity going off in the prosecutor's office. Is Kim, is Kim Fox and a lot of the, and all the rest of the progressive prosecutors, are they like angels? No, but they're bringing to the office what was essentially missing. The 911 center, each agency in the, let me back up, each agency in the criminal justice system, to some extent, is supposed to be a check on the misconduct and corruption and wrath of the other agencies and the system as a whole. The 911 center is a check on the police prosecutor's courts. The police are a check on the 911 center of the prosecutor's courts. The prosecutors are checking the police to 911 center courts. The courts are a check on everyone else, right? That's how it goes. Finally, finally, we are starting to see a prosecutor's office that isn't there to follow orders and do whatever the police say. The police have this massive discretion on the street whether to arrest someone and charge them and what to charge them with. They get pissed off. John Contanzara, the horrible man he is, watched last week tonight, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I'll get to that in a minute. You should go check last Sundays. Um, but they don't want the police and the Currens and the Durkins. They don't want prosecutors having an independent mind. They don't want prosecutors legitimately questioning the activities of police. Curran and Durkin just want them, hey, you arresting a black guy, you arrested a black or brown guy for some violence, supposedly? Great, you've got it. Let's go. Rubber stamp. Send them away. That's what they want. That's what that office has always been. That's why it's racked up so many wrongful convictions. And you want another hypocrisy here. The Tribune thinks working for Dick Devine and Richie Daly and Anita Alvarez in the state's attorney's office is somehow credibility. That's why they put it. They're ex-prosecutors. They know. No, they don't. That, all, that to me was like, oh my God, warning sign, among all the other things. These people are probably horrible. Not automatically, but probably. And then you read the editorial and you're like, yeah, they're horrible and racist. No doubt about it. That's not a badge of honor. If they came up through that system and they worked in it and they were integral to the way that office operate under Daly and Divine and Anita Alvarez, forget about it. They're horrible. Horrible. The office was horrible. Did everyone work in it horrible? No. Did most people that worked in it have to, especially pro criminal prosecutors, have to make horrible decisions and cover up for burge and torture and police abuse and perjury, rampant perjury? you goddamn right they did. And most likely these two are in the heart of it. Now, we don't know. I Googled them and couldn't find it. Where the hell is the media analyzing what these people did when they were prosecutors? Maybe not right now because they've been in office for a while, but why didn't it pop up in Google? Have these guys ever tried a case where there was a wrongful conviction overturned? Was it overturned for a wrongful conviction? Were they actual criminal prosecutors? What did they do in the state attorney's office? Were they in the civil division, never tried a criminal case? Then why do I give a shit if they're a prosecutor or not? Or in the prosecutor's office, they're not really a prosecutor. Why do I give a shit? Tribune, White Wing, Whiteville doesn't care 
They just put that rubber stamp on there. See, they know what they're talking about. They're prosecutors and they're white. And they want to go back to the good old days when we were wrongly convicting people left and right. And the office was incredibly, unbelievably, historically corrupt and inept. Which, by the way, if Curran and Durkin and all the rest of the right wing in Whiteville held their principles, as I said earlier, they should distrust this part of government. The detachment of reality becomes they believe all of government, everything from this side of government this way is all bad. But as long as you're on this side, right, that's the, the criminal justice system side, you guys are great. You do everything. You're angels, heroes, just whatever you say. We don't care. As long as you're doing it to black and brown people, no one on our block that looks like us, we don't care. You got damn right you don't. That's the problem. It's in one of the main hypocrisies, one of the main hypocrisies of Whiteville, White Wing, is that you just don't, you can't keep that consistency. I hate and distrust government. God damn, I'll make the police and prosecutors and courts as big as they want. I'll give them any tools, any military tools. I'll give them anything they want. Sorry, it's rank, utter rank hypocrisy. Nothing else. And what else would you expect from Durkin, who, by the way, is the House Republican leader? Of course he is. And it's funny, he's on the Titanic, right? As, as the state turns more and more Democratic, he's on the Titanic. Never has a group of politicians probably been more and more useless than the Republicans in Illinois. They had a shot with Rauner, but God, they elected the wrong guy, and then he got crushed. And I, I don't know who the hell they're going to put up. Um, that has any legitimate shot against Pritzker. I don't think they have one, but we'll see. Um, hopefully they don't because it's white wing. We'll just get more white wing policies and practices. Is Fox great? No, we're suing her. We're probably the only people in the state that also defends a lot of what she does, but is also suing her at the same time. So, okay, real quick before I go, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to say that I highly recommend you check out Last Week Tonight by John Oliver on HBO. Why? Because on Sunday night, they did a piece on police officers and police unions um, and their opposition to vaccine mandates. They featured none other than the Chicago FOP, Fraternal Order Police's president, John Cotanzara, you know, Mr. 50 Complaint Cotanzara who is suspended for multiple times and is now suspended a third time this time. I mean, the third time he's stripped of his powers and suspended pending a trial, I think, in November, a hearing in November where he will be fired in December. So it should be, excuse me, it should be interesting to see if he um, makes it through, uh, if he, once he's fired, if he can stay as FOP president. This is why when you have all this vaccine mandate stuff that is happening in Chicago, remember, he has a hearing in November, There'll only be a couple days at most, I would believe. And then they vote on it later the next month. They'll vote on the third Thursday of December. And if that timetable holds, he will be fired, in my opinion, within, um, on that third Thursday, he will get noticed that he's fired. He either gets it late Thursday night or Friday morning. Um, I think they announce him on Thursday, so I bet you they get, it, they get informed immediately. And then it gets announced at the uh, hearing on the third Thursday. That night in front of the police board holds a public hearing, which is available on Zoom now. So he may be um, in the dust bucket of history as early as the towards the end of December of this year. He definitely will be fired. But anyways, they have him 
And they feature in that segment on Last Week Tonight, research by Lauren Cole for the Chicago Justice Project that is on our website, Cotton Zara, 23-year history of misconduct and um, social media posts basically spewing hate about every minority group possible in in the country, maybe the world. Anyways, I should check out the report, check out Chicago, I mean, um, Last Week Tonight, on Sunday. It's um, it's great. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I will be back on Monday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you so much. Oh.